Well, good morning. It is wonderful to see you again and to see new faces here. As mentioned, my name is Renee, and I have the privilege of serving with the Canadian Baptists of Atlantic Canada on the youth and family team. And so you might not realize it, but River Cross is a part of a huge family of churches across Atlantic Canada. About 455 Baptist churches spread across Atlantic Canada. And I have the privilege of traveling around and seeing what God is doing across Atlantic Canada, particularly in the younger generation. And I need to tell you, God is at work in Atlantic Canada. These are exciting days to see what God is doing. We've been challenging Christians, challenging churches, challenging people just like you with the question, will you join God in changing Atlantic Canada one neighborhood at a time? We really believe that God is using people just like you in their neighborhoods to show and tell the good news. So entertain me here for a minute this morning, and I'm gonna give you 30 seconds to do an activity. You up for this? So you're going to have 30 seconds to find a partner in this room and just try to name all the places where you go in the course of a regular week. So include places like the grocery store, your car, the schoolyard. Just try to name all the places you go in the course of a week. You got it? Okay, ready, set, go. 30 seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Awesome. So it sounds like some of you go lots of places during the course of the week. Some of you I'm not so sure. Uh, so now I just want you to, th to yourself silently, as you think about all those places you go in the course of the week, can you think of one spot, one person, where you see evidence of God's work outside the walls of this church? We really believe that God wants to use you in that place. We really believe that God has you in those places for a reason. So I invite you to keep your eyes and your ears open because God will use you as a Ruth, a lady that we're going to look at in scripture today. God will use you as a Ruth in those places where you live, work, study, and play every day. As we get into Ruth today, have you ever been in a tough season? My grandma used to call it walking through porridge, and she made her porridge thick. I know some of you are looking at this picture right now and thinking, mmm, yum, and some of you are looking at it and going, yuck, I would never eat that. But can you imagine walking through porridge? Have you ever been in a porridge season? A season when life for you is just hard or maybe for someone that you really care about. Life is just hard, maybe for a variety of reasons. It could be because of a financial situation. It could be because of a strain in a relationship. It could be because of a big decision you have to make that's weighing on you in this porridge season. Maybe it's because of something a child in your family is going through. Maybe because of a health issue or a mental health issue. 
maybe because of something at school or something at work, you're walking through porridge. And porridge seasons are hard. It's hard to keep trudging in a porridge season. It's hard to keep our joy in a porridge season. Whether it's us going through it or a friend or a family member or maybe somebody in our church family, porridge seasons are tough. And today, as you're working your way through the Bible here at River Cross in the story, season, story series, we find ourselves in the book of Ruth. And Ruth is in the Old Testament just after uh, Judges, the book of Judges that you were looking at last week. And Ruth, she is in a porridge season. In fact, all of God's people, the Israelites, are in a porridge season. They were in a dark time. And the story begins with Naomi living in a place called Moab. And it tells us why she's in Moab with her husband and her two sons is because famine had come to their land of Judah. Their homeland experienced this severe famine, so they couldn't make a living there anymore. They couldn't get food there anymore, so they uprooted their whole lives, and they walked and they moved to this place called Moab. And then it tells us, as they're in this place called Moab, Ruth's two sons grow up, and one marries a lady named Ruth, where we get the name of this book, and the other name, marries a lady named Orpha. And then it says that Naomi's husband died. And then her two sons died. And Naomi is left just with her daughter-in-laws. And so there are three women in a patriarchal society of the day where women couldn't own land. They couldn't make a living for themselves. They couldn't grow a crop. They weren't allowed to own their own property. In fact, the tradition was if your husband died, your brother-in-law was supposed to make you part of his family to offer you that security and protection and future. And in fact, if your brother-in-law was single, he was supposed to marry you to continue your future. So Naomi, when we find her here at the beginning of the book of Ruth, is in a thick porridge season. No husband, no food, no family to take her in, porridge. Then she heard that food had started growing again in her homeland, in the land of Judah. And so she decided to go back to her homeland. And her two daughter-in-laws, Orpha and Ruth, say, we'll go with you back to your people. In other words, we'll travel with you through your porridge, Naomi. Because here's the thing, God does not intend for us to go through the challenges of life alone. But Naomi, she is so Canadian in her response. She says to, to Ruth and to Orpha, I don't want to inconvenience you. I don't want to put you out. So, no, 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 no. Why would you come with me? Sorry, you go back to your home, your, your family of origin in Moab so that you can get food and you'll be okay. No, 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 don't go with me because I'm not going to have any more sons that you can marry. And anyway, you would never wait if I had a son for them to grow up so you'd marry them. So, sorry, don't you worry about me. And then Naomi adds... It is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has gone out against me. I love that the Bible doesn't sugarcoat things. 
I love that the Bible doesn't try to hide people's disappointments, even their disappointment with God. Naomi knows she's walking through porridge. And she says, I'm in porridge. It feels like God has let me down. It feels like everything I thought was going to happen in my life, when I got married, when I had two sons, when I, we finally moved to Moab, when there was food, when my two sons got married, it feels like all of it has just been stolen away from me. It feels like God's hand is against me. Have you ever felt like that? I know I have. When things in my life didn't turn out like I planned and that sting of disappointment hits my heart, how come, God? Where are you, God? How long, oh Lord, how long? It can feel like that when we say, how long, oh Lord, until I pay off my debt? How long, oh Lord, until forgiveness is extended? How long till the cancer is gone? How long until this depression lifts, till this pain is gone? How long till this grief is gone, this loneliness is gone? How long until the work comes? How long till we can start a family? How long until high school is done or university is done? How long in this porridge, Lord? God, when will this get easier? If you've ever asked those kind of questions, you are not alone. You are in good company. So Ruth and Orpha and Naomi, they weep together. They cry together. And Orpha leaves them to go back home to her family of origin in Moab, which makes sense, because there she can get food, there she can get shelter, there she has a hope at a future. But Ruth, Ruth literally clung to Naomi. And even though Naomi tries to push her off, Ruth gives this really determined speech where she says, you can see it on the screen, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. What a speech. Ruth says, Naomi, you can't shake me off that easily. I know you're going through porridge, and I will not bail on you. Oh, to have a friend like that, eh? God did not intend for us to go through the challenges of life alone. We need help. We need others who won't bail on us when the going gets tough. When I was in university, I had an awesome friend and roommate. Her name was Dainej, and we used to go garbage surfing. Have you, do you know what garbage surfing is? Have you ever done that? When other people would put out their garbage, we'd go looking around the neighborhood to see if anyone had put out trash that could become our treasure. Well, one day I was garbage surfing near our apartment and I saw this great, big, perfect dresser that I thought would just be perfect for a big old clunky TV. And so I started to drag that dresser home to our apartment and I managed to get it to our apartment and, and in the front door 
And we lived in an apartment that was three floors high, and we were on the third floor, and there was no elevator. And so I started to pull that dresser up the stairs by myself. And I had it about five stairs up when Dinesh came home with groceries in her hands. And she said to me, hey, Renee, let me help you. And I said, no, 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 no. I got this, Dinesh. So Dinesh asked again, hey, Renee, let me help you. Guess what I said? No, 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 I got this. Third time, Dinesh said, hey, Renee, let me help you. And I started to say, no, 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 no. And Dinesh interrupted me and she said, you know, Renee, God gave us friends to make things easier. God did not intend for us to go through the challenges of life alone. But my pride, our pride can keep us from receiving the help we need in certain areas of our lives. Maybe we need help with our finances right now. Maybe we need help with our mental health right now. Maybe we need help in a certain relationship with a boyfriend or a girlfriend or our mom or our dad or with a boss or, or with a spouse. Maybe we need help right now with a challenge at work or in raising our kids or in an addiction, an addiction to pornography or alcohol or technology. Maybe we need help with our health. It's normal to need help because life is challenging. And God did not intend for us to go through the challenges of life alone. But I have to be, we have to be willing, willing to receive the help, to cry out, yeah, I do need help in this area. Will you help me? To stop pretending I've got it all together and got it all figured out and I can do it on my own. Now, Naomi, she finally accepts Ruth's help. The Bible puts it as, when Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her to stay in Moab. Naomi realized Ruth was the kind of person that does not bail when you are walking through porridge. So Ruth and Naomi, they start the long walk and they travel to Bethlehem and Judah together. And we realize again that God did not mean for them to go through the challenges of life alone. He gave Naomi Ruth. And Ruth has this amazing perseverance and determination. Not only does she say, I will not bail, she acts on it in a big way. She not only says, I will not bail, she follows through to help her mother-in-law. She sacrifices to help. She gives up her own land, her homeland. She gives up her own God. She gives up certainty. She didn't know if they'd find food in this new land, didn't know if they'd find a relative to take them in, didn't know if they'd have a future. She gave up security. She didn't go back to her own family to get protection and for them to feed her. She gave up comfort. In a little while, we see her working hard in a field. Ruth not only says, I will not bail, she's willing to sacrifice to help Naomi. She doesn't just say, I will not bail. She sacrifices land, security, comfort. So here's the question. Who do you need to be a Ruth to? 
or for our grammarians, to whom do you need to be a Ruth? God did not intend for us to go through the challenges of life alone. So who do you need to be a Ruth to? Not just saying, I will not bail, but acting on it. Giving up an activity in your schedule to spend time with that friend or with a husband or wife or child. Taking your teenager out to breakfast regularly as you're having trouble connecting with them in this season. Or that boss that's driving you crazy, finding new ways to serve them and honor them. Encouraging or paying someone that's going through a porridge season to seek help, to seek a counselor or other help. Giving up your room or your comfort or your home for someone that's a a new student in town or a newcomer and helping them find their way. To sacrifice something in your agenda for the week, for somebody else's agenda to give up your plan, your hope for the future, to let your spouse or your child or your coworker have a chance at the future that they're dreaming of, or to give up some time on Netflix, to make some new friends at the Hope Mission or new friends at the youth group or new friends at the Alpha program or at your local school, giving up some of our privilege, some of our money, some of our extra toys, some of our time, to serve the struggling, who could never dream of owning the stuff that we own, who do you need to be a Ruth to? You know, some of us have been bailing, have been bailing in areas of our lives or on people in our lives where we need to step it up and say, I will not bail. I will not bail on my church and church family. I will not bail on that relationship. I will not bail on my coworkers or teammates. I will not bail on my spouse or my boss. I will not bail on my health. I will not bail on my parents or my schoolwork. Where do you need to say, I will not bail? See, God's people, they're not just to be the kind of people that say to someone, hey, that's tough, I'll pray for you, but we're to act on it. We're to be the kind of people that are unbelievably faithful, that don't just, don't bail and we act on it. To be people that are somebody's Ruth. So who do you need to be a Ruth to? Now Naomi, even with Ruth's remarkable commitment and help, she still didn't see it. She was bitter. And when they finally arrive in Bethlehem, their homeland, she actually says to everybody, to the whole town, call me Mara. Here, let me quote her here. She says, call me Mara because the Lord has made my life very bitter. The name Mara means bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. Now, maybe she's being a little melodramatic, but this is how she feels. Life is just too hard right now. It's thick porridge. But slowly, Naomi, she starts to see the help that God is trying to bring her way. God knows that she is not built to handle the challenges of life alone, just like God knows you are not built to handle the challenges of life alone. 
And so slowly, Naomi, she starts to see the help that God is trying to bring into her life. And that's the tough part. When we're walking through porridge, to see God's goodness breaking through, to see his honey in the middle of our porridge, to see the, the help and support he's trying to give us. It's hard to see, but his honey is always breaking through in your porridge. God gave Naomi lots of help. He saw the bitterness in her situation, and he gave her Ruth to walk with her. We'll see he gives her a field where she can start collecting food for them to eat, and we'll see that God gives her even more. Because the story starts to get even more interesting when a man walks into the picture. They arrive in Bethlehem, and Ruth goes out to this field to collect the leftover grain from the wheat field. And this was allowed because part of the ancient world, their social assistance program was if you had a field, you were supposed to leave the edges in the corner of the field and leave the things that the harvesters didn't get when they harvested the field. You were supposed to leave those for the poor in your community, the struggling in your community. So that's what Ruth does. She goes to one of these fields and she starts picking up the leftover grain and a man named Boaz, who owns the field where she's gleaning, he notices her. And so Boaz, he starts to ask around, who is that young woman? And while long story short, Boaz has heard the rumors about Ruth, that she did not bail on Naomi, that she's been really kind to her mother-in-law. And so Boaz, in turn, is really kind to Ruth and Naomi. He gives them extra grain and extra food. He tells them to keep collecting, for Ruth to keep collecting from his field because you never know how those other men in those other fields might treat you. And so he's really kind to them. And when Ruth goes back to Naomi and reports to Naomi that she's been in Boaz's field, Naomi is overjoyed. And she says, the Lord bless him he has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. So that's Old Testament talk for, wow, he's awesome, what a great guy. Then Naomi adds this line, that man, he is our close relative. He is one of our king's men redeemers. So this is a really important phrase, king's men redeemer. We don't have the equivalent of it in our society today, but it was a real lifesaver in the ancient world. Literally a lifesaver. So Naomi, she's about to see God's honey, God's grace in the middle of her porridge in a big way. What happens is Naomi, the older lady, coaches Ruth how to ask Boaz to live up to this responsibility to be their kingsman redeemer. And if you read the book of Ruth or you read it this week, you remember that risque kind of scene in the threshing room floor where Ruth, this foreign woman from away, calls a man of God, an Israelite man, Boaz, to live up to his responsibility. Now that's bold. That is a strong woman in the ancient world. It kind of would be like if a five-year-old from River Cross walked in here right now and walked up to Pastor Rob and told him to live up to his responsibilities. She was a bold woman. Remember how I shared in the patriarchal society of the day that these women would have had little chance of survival? 
They couldn't have their own food, their own field to grow grain or sell that grain. They couldn't own property. They couldn't have protection and shelter. And if their husband died, their brother-in-law was supposed to take them in to protect them and provide for them. Well, Ruth doesn't have any of those things. She doesn't have any brother-in-law, and Naomi has no husband and no sons. A kingsman redeemer? That is exactly what they need in this situation. So Old Testament lesson here, kingsman redeemer was actually written right into their laws. And a kingsman redeemer was a relative that had the responsibility to act on behalf of a relative that was in trouble or in danger or in need. Your kingsman redeemer meant that was someone in your family that they were obligated to help you out, deliver you, rescue you if you got into trouble. And Boaz is a close relative of Naomi's husband's family. He is their kingsman redeemer. So really, really long story short, Boaz and Ruth get married, and Boaz becomes their kingsman redeemer. He provides for them a new hope and a new future, food, shelter, protection, a sense of being a part of the community and the family again. They were going through porridge, and they needed someone to pull them out of that porridge. And they had this kingsman redeemer come and pull them out. Now we might not understand it all, understand the patriarchal part of their society, but we can see how for Ruth and Naomi, this was a lifesaver. They needed this help. God does not intend for us to go through the challenges of, of life alone. He gave Naomi Ruth and Boaz, gave them that family, that protection, when they couldn't get it themselves. More than that, this picture of a kingsman redeemer is a picture of what Jesus offers us. That when we can't pay for our sin, we can never do enough to earn a relationship with God or a spot in heaven where we can't give ourselves life to the full here on earth, we cannot save ourselves. God sends Jesus to be our kingsman redeemer, to pull us out of our porridge and our sin and offer his protection, offer his shelter, offer us to be a part of his family forever. God offers to be your kingsman redeemer through Jesus And he promises that when we become a Christian, when we say to him, God, I can't do it on my own. I can't save my own life. I need you, Jesus. When we do that, he promises us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And another name for the Holy Spirit in scripture is the comforter. That when we're going through porridge, when we're going through a tough season, his Holy Spirit is our comforter at all times and all seasons. God never intended us to go through this life alone. He's given his very self as a gift to us. He is our kingsman redeemer to pull us out of our porridge. God will not bail on you. He is on your side. God did not bail on Naomi. God did not bail on Ruth. God will not bail on you. 
So where do we get our strength when you're in the middle of a porridge season? From God, who will not bail on you. God, who is on his si- your side. God, who has given you the gift of his Holy Spirit. God, who is at work even in the darkest of days to send his grace to send his honey in the middle of your porridge. God, who at this very moment is providing a Ruth in your life, if we'll receive it, if we'll accept his help. See, God did not intend for us to go through the challenges of life alone. And Naomi, she finally starts to see it. Finally starts to see how God's grace has been trying to break into her porridge all along. She sees at the end of the story how Ruth and Boaz, after they got married, they had a son. And this son became the grandfather of David, who is the forefather of Jesus. And Naomi's bitterness finally starts to turn to joy. And the people at the town look at her and they say, praise be to you, Naomi, and praise be to the Lord, who this day who has not left you without a rescuer without a kingsman redeemer. May God be famous throughout the whole land. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. That's Old Testament talk for the people saying, God did not bail on you. God will not bail on you. God is always faithful. So whatever porridge you find yourself in in this season, God does not intend for you to go through it alone. God never intended us to go through the challenges of life alone. And so two messages for us today from the book of Ruth. The first is to call out for help, to admit, I can't do it on my own. I need help. Maybe right now you're even thinking of a certain area of your life that's particularly challenging. Can you think of one person that you need to tell about that challenge and to say to them, I need you to be my Ruth as I walk through this challenge. Invite them to be your Ruth. But it's also crying out to help from God, saying to God, I can't do this life on my own. I can't do it. I can't get through this challenge on my own. I can't save my own life. I need you, God. I need your will-not-bail character in my life, God. So that's the first question, is to call out for help. And the second is to ask, who do you need to be a Ruth to? Who do I need to be a Ruth to in this season? Saying to them, I will not bail. I will not bail on you in this season. But more than that, acting on it, even sacrificing to serve them saying, I will not bail on my marriage. I will not bail on my teenager. I will not bail on my faith in God. I will not bail on my church and finding ways to serve. Friends, imagine if all of Rivercross did this. If we all said, yes, I will be a Ruth to someone. Boy, you would get a reputation in St. John of being the kind of church that really cares for people especially cares for people when they're going through porridge in their lives, that you'd be amazing friends to people in their tough seasons. Friends, that would change us. That would change this church. 
That would change our neighborhoods. As we trust, God is a God who does not bail on me, so I will not bail on others. God is faithful, I will be faithful. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God that never bails on us. God, thank you for sending your help, your rescue in the middle of this messed up porridge world. Thank you for sending us Jesus. God, I pray for everyone in this room that we would yell out to you, I can't do it on my own. I need you, Jesus. And I pray that we would ask others and invite them to be the Ruth in our life. And God, we pray that you would open our eyes and our ears of who we need to be a Ruth to in this season. God, teach us to give to them sacrificially, that through us they may get a taste of your faithfulness. God, you are good and you never fail. In Jesus' name, amen.